Hey, everybody. Welcome to Hard Pressed Hope. This is Catherine. This is our last episode for a bit, and we have our friend Amanda joining us today. I told a bit of Amanda's story in episode five. Her sister, at the time of recording this a couple of weeks ago, had stage four sarcoma lung cancer, and Amanda took in her sister's three boys while her sister was getting treatment and didn't quite have the strength to care for her three children. She'll share a bit of that story today, but I want to share with you all that I got a call from Amanda yesterday, and she said, my sister is with Jesus, and I'm just so happy for her. And Amanda very beautifully has held mourning and dancing, sorrow and joy together. You will see the evidence of that in this episode. She is living out joy in all circumstances. And we talked on Tuesday about what it means to practically rely on God's strength. And Amanda is here to show us how to do that in real life, in real time. Amanda's hope and prayer is that her family's story and circumstances are a blessing and an encouragement to you today. The joy of the Lord is our strength. So listen in. Hey guys, welcome to Hard Pressed Hope. We are 58 minutes in to this Only podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we had kind of a rough go at the we beginning with go. the audio. We're here and we're here today with our friend Amanda. Hey Amanda. Hello. Are you happy to be in my closet? Yeah, yeah. a lot. Yeah. So she she was while we were fixing audio, she was like looking around my closet and she's like, "Do you own any dresses?" <laughs> <laughs> And it was like, mostly no. <laughs> a lot of t-shirts. Yeah. Get the, you get the real inside scoop. I know. When you're a guest on this podcast, you gotta like <laughs> get the real up close. But we're recording on a Monday morning and you left how many kids at home, Amanda? Two are off at school. No, three are off at school. So there's oh, that's six right. at home. Oh, okay. There's six at yes. home and three away. Yes. And you said that they're just at home doing their schoolwork. They're which supposed I don't, to be. I don't believe. I, you're going to have to let me know when you can help. Maybe this is the hard-pressed hope that I have when I leave, <laughs> that they're going to actually do the list I leave for them. So we invited you today because we, I told a little bit of your story in uh, episode five, in our Holding Hope episode, um, just about what's going on in your life. Because you have six kids of your own, but you mentioned that there are nine kids, yes. right, yes. that you've left. So can you tell us about Tell us a little bit of your story. Yes. So um, at the end of August, my three nephews moved in with us. And they did that because my sister is struggling through a cancer battle. Mm -hmm. And it had gotten to the point where she wasn't able to care for herself and care for the boys at the same time. So mm -hmm. she is living with my parents right now, being cared for and focusing on her health and we are caring for her three boys. Mm -hmm. And so I have two 16-year-olds, a 14-year-old, mm. a 12-year-old. They keep having birthdays, so it's hard to keep track. I know. Um, a 12-year-old, 
two eight-year-olds, a seven-year-old, a five-year-old, and a four-year-old. Right. Yes. Yeah. And you're so you're an adoptive mom. Your sister is an adoptive mom. All through foster care. So you've been through. Like you're a pro at adding kids to your house. You've done this before. I guess so. Um, (laughs) (laughs) This is a little different, though, right? This is different because it's not just it's not just bringing these boys in. It's also working through all the emotions as a family. All the emotions that go along with diagnosis and scans and all the other stuff. Right. And it, mm-hmm. is it okay to, to talk about that they lost the boys? Your nephews yes. lost their dad too yes. in Two 2020. Years ago. Mm-hmm. So, like, we're talking about layers upon layers of grief mm-hmm. and transitions mm-hmm. for them. Mm-hmm. So, what do you feel like you guys are doing well as a family? And what is like, floundery. We take a lot of time to help the kids when there's a tantrum or like a flood of emotions. My husband's especially good at that. Uh And Mm. so he works at home as an artist. And I would say in the last few months, hasn't been able to work a lot (laughs) because all day long is schooling and honestly caring for flooding emotions, which That's what God needs us to do right now with some of these kids, Um, because not only are my nephews having a lot of floods of emotions, but my own kids, as everybody's place in the house have kind of shifted, we've noticed different emotional distresses that they're going through. And Mm -hmm. so we try to take a lot of time to equip the kids, help them first to, okay, let's pray about this. We're going to pray first and we're going to breathe deeply and we're going to get away from the situation and just trying to give them all tools to deal with when someone looks at them and they don't want them to look at them or when yeah. someone bumps them on the trampoline. <laughs> and like it's, You're talking about when our cousins oh. are looking at them. Yeah. Not like a weird <laughs> yeah, right, 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 right. As cousins, brothers and sisters, all the dynamics, there's just a lot of time spent on all of that. And Craig and I have to remind each other on a regular basis that this is worth it. Mm-hmm. That all this time that we're putting into helping these kids navigate their emotions, that it's going to be worth it. So I would say that we're doing that well. That's great. That's not a little thing. No, it's not a little thing. And you have to remind yourself all the time that you're equipping them for life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's worth it. And yesterday I spent some time meal planning because that was something I haven't been doing well. And you mm-hmm. can't throw together food for 11 people. No. You have to plan it. Yeah. So I did that yesterday. We'll see how it goes. And you recently sought out counseling, right? Mm -hmm. For some of the kids or all of the kids or whoever needs it? My three nephews, I got them started with counseling um, pretty much as soon as they moved into the house. Mm -hmm. My sister, because of all that she had going on, didn't quite have the time or the energy to do that herself. So we took care of that almost immediately. And that's been really good. But there is, I've realized, a time of transition of children learning to trust the counselor. Mm -hmm. So you really have to realize that this is going to take time. It's not like it's going to be a quick fix. It's something that you have to, it's like a seed. You have to plant it and it's going to take a while. One of the things that I love about your family is you 
literally are constantly speaking what there is to be grateful for and joyful about. Yes. Where, how? Because if I don't, I will just be angry and everyone just will be angry. Yeah. Yeah. So we just try to talk about what we're grateful for a lot. I try to remind them about joy no matter what the circumstances are because, again, I keep trying to keep my mind on the long-term goal of raising these humans to be kingdom builders Mm -hmm. because my kids are going through things in their life and things in our family that a lot of kids their age don't have to endure, and I want them to learn now to be joyful no matter what the circumstance. So how do you point them to that? Well, when they're having a meltdown, let's say a few things we're grateful for. We play a lot of worship music in the house, Mm -hmm. and that really helps. And this morning, my daughter was actually walking around singing this one of my favorite worship songs. Just didn't even, like, it was just second nature. Yeah. And when you worship, guess what you're not doing? You're not complaining. Yeah. And you're not grumbling because you're singing to Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, so. I do think that that's such a good idea, like changing the air in your home sometimes. It makes a difference. Worship music or Ray Charles. <laughs> yeah. Ray Charles really changes the... Yeah. I do a Motown playlist. Yes. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So you're you're walking... What I see in your life and what I'm encouraged by, you're walking alongside your sister. You're walking alongside your parents who are just completely overwhelmed by their emotions and seeing seeing what you're stepping up to do and seeing what your sister physically is is struggling with you're walking alongside your own kids who are going through a huge transition of three more kids in the house um, and you're walking alongside your nephews and so sometimes I'll get a phone call or a Marco Polo from you where you're <laughs> Or you're like through gritted teeth. Like mm-hmm. I will find joy in this moment. So mm-hmm. where, where, how do you find that grounding each day? I get up before everyone else. Mm-hmm. And this has been a discipline that I firmly believe is what has changed the air in the house and has changed me. Mm-hmm. I get up at 530 or if I'm honest, it's more like 545. Yeah. I set two alarms. Every morning I am in God's word. And honestly, I can't wait to sit down and read my Bible. I have my green velvet chair I sit in and I have my coffee and my stuff is all right there. I'm prepared. I'm ready. And I sit down and I just, I read the Bible. I do a Bible study. I'm reading a book right now. I pray. And sometimes the prayers don't, I don't have much time to pray because kids start coming down. Mm -hmm. And that's it. Like. Honestly, I anchor myself to Jesus every morning and I have to re-anchor throughout the day. But that is a hundred percent why I can find joy right now. Yeah. And also I have to remind myself to just do my work. It's the work God's given me and it's a way I can worship him mm-hmm. and do it well and not get overwhelmed by all that there is in the future or all that there is the next day, just do the work for today. Right. And that's one thing our friend Deb talked about on the podcast is like with these kids, Mm -hmm. your kids and your sister's kids and your sister, Mm -hmm. God will equip you when you need to be equipped. Right. And you're saying do your work. But there's people saying you're enough. You're good enough. You're, you know, you're all your kids need. And I understand the sentiment behind that. 
And I'm not sure that we are enough unless we're fully leaning on God to provide us our strength. Mm -hmm. Right. So talk about that a little bit. Well, I will also say that doing all of that, but then when I came home Friday, things weren't done the way I wanted them to be done. Mm -hmm. So I lost my crap. Yeah. (laughs) And you know what I had to do? I had to apologize. Mm -hmm. And it'd been a long day. And I was tired. And Craig said, did you not listen to worship music on the way home? <laughs> so what happened? When you're tired, you are you don't fight as hard and you don't do as well. Right. And so what I should have done when I got home was keep my mouth shut and go upstairs, change my clothes, and just gotten in there and done the work instead mm-hmm. of getting angry at the people that didn't fulfill my expectations. So right. I apologize to everyone I sent a message to my daughter because that's how you talk to 16-year-olds. You send text messages to them. From the house? Like she yeah. was in the house? Yeah. Okay. We're both on Instagram. I joined Instagram so I could message her through Instagram. <laughs> and I sent a big, long, I'm sorry message. And I didn't give an excuse. Mm-hmm. I just said, I'm sorry. And I'm teaching my kids to be able to say mm-hmm. they're sorry. Parenting by example. When they're wrong. And yeah. I was wrong. Yeah. Oh, that's super valuable. It really is. So... So this is a loaded question, but how are you? Um, mostly good, but I don't sit and stew and I don't sit in, I'm not a overthinker. And so I just, I just get stuff done. We're expanding our home to create a bedroom for the 16 year old boy and to create a living room, homeschool room and a studio for my husband so that my older girls can now have their own room and just making more space. Right, because your nephew's sleeping on He's the couch. He's been sleeping on the couch since August. I love my nephew. He really is a wonderful kid. That's and, hard. And? <laughs> and it's hard. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. It's hard. Yeah. But it's okay. I think equally hard for him because he doesn't have any space of his own. So, like, we're trying to do as much of this ourselves as we can. So this weekend, we learned how to lay flooring. Because that's the stage we're at in our journey. It just has to be done. Right. And you're doing it. And we're doing it. But you're doing this because a tree fell on your house. Yes, that happened. In the midst of all the stuff. Yeah. We had some, they're called straight line winds, which I, that wasn't like a phrase that I knew. But it's basically a tornado, but straight. Right. 90 miles per hour. A lot. Big, giant tree. Wow. Yeah. So how's that coming along? What stage of the process are you in? Well, the flooring, right? (laughs) The flooring is half done in one room, and we're going to just work on it little by little this week. And then we have trim, and then we have a pellet stove for heat, and we need doors. So you're close. Yeah. You're getting close. Yeah. And I need my friend Catherine to hang a ceiling fan in the living room. Oh, I I can 100% handle that. Okay. I have a quick question for you. How do you create a sense of home and family with new kids in your home? Like the dynamics and the roles that are changing. How do you create that family feeling? We play a lot of board games and we do a lot of that. Um, Because of homeschooling, I read aloud to most of the kids every afternoon. And that is a really beautiful time. We, in our read aloud time, we always do a family devotion and poems and Aesop's fables and um and a in a fiction novel together. Mm-hmm. And that is a time that kids ask questions and we're able to talk about things and sometimes we cry. And 
we laugh together. And so fun, just having fun. Yesterday afternoon at about five, I took the kids to the park. This is the younger ones, the eight-year-olds and under. So I had five. I took them to the park and it was cold, but I played tag with them. And you know what? It was fun. I just really love that. Okay. So what I'm kind of hear you saying is that in the little things and in the, in the tag and the discipline of meal planning and the getting up every morning and reading your Bible and the the reading family time with the kids in just these small moments, you find peace and connection and those those small moments are sustaining you. I, I can't imagine the difficulty that you're in right now with your family, with your own emotions, your beautiful sister and your nephews and your kids. But I just, it's just really wonderful that you're connecting with the basics. I think that will mean so much down the road to your children. You're just, you're really, you're doing a really great job, Amanda. Oh, thanks. The other thing I was going to say is I'm obviously, these are the first teenagers I've ever had. And I've realized that teenagers, they like to talk a lot at night and you have to just pray for the energy to like engage, engage with it when you just really want to be done. Last night, I finished Guardians of the Galaxy 2 with my older kids because they wanted to finish it and they went to bed at 1130, but they felt paid attention to and we laughed together. And I don't know, just not being so rigid about bedtimes and just having fun. That builds relationship and that you're filling their love buckets and then they want to be with you because I want the pl- I want to have kids that want to come back and hang out. Yeah, it's like all the little things like having fun. I mean, what's something that has been encouraging to you in the last couple of weeks? Maybe it's like one thing, maybe it's something that consistently encourages you. I'm just like, I'm thinking, is there anything that kind of keeps you going or has been encouragement that maybe someone else has been doing in your life? So I have a very dear friend across the mic from me that decided she asked me one day because I told her we were short on funds for the rest of our build. And we had used the insurance money and money that people had generously donated and And she goes, so how do you feel about a GoFundMe? And I said, that makes my stomach hurt. And she said, that's not an answer or something like one to 10. And I said, it makes my stomach hurt. And, but I will tell you that seeing this GoFundMe um, continue to get shared and seeing what people that I have poured into over the years share what I mean to them, it's really humbling And this morning I was reading in um, my devotions and it talked about our lifestyle is a form of worship. And I feel like that's what I'm, that's what my goal is, is to make my lifestyle a a way to worship God and for people to be, um, to see God's work through our life, through how we're living our life, through being obedient and all these different things. And that's been super humbling is seeing when people shared on Facebook, saying something about our family. Mm -hmm. And um, that's just been like, wow, you, you know, like you just don't, people don't always get the chance to know what kind of impact they're making, you know, Mm -hmm. like, so you're saying like, wow, that moment mattered. The fruits of your labor. Yeah. Does that make sense? Absolutely. It does. Yeah. And just to hear it and have people speaking that out. That's awesome. That's just really encouraging. It's, you know, obviously, you know, God sees you, but I really, I like, and I'm not even joking, guys, like without a doubt in my mind, I've seen God's provision 
over my lifetime. And so I have no doubt that God's going to provide everything that we need and way, way more. That's the thing. Like we have more than one cereal box in the cabinet. Like I love having faith like that. Like it's just such a gift to know that God sees us. He sees exactly what we need. So when I'm praying, I don't go through a list. I just say, God, you you know what we need. And I'm just trusting to see. And it's exciting to watch how you just are going to pour this over us and give us everything we need and more. And I'm just not worried about it. So it's it's beautiful. And I love, I love, love, love that these kids, these nine kids are in the midst of this. Like they are seeing this and this is going to impact them for the rest of their life. Like how incredible is that? Like they're going to be different individuals because of this. Mm-hmm. It's building their character. It's certainly incredible perspective to have that um, like even in the midst of heartache and trauma that you have such a, a faith and a strength and a belief that God is going to work this out and show up and he does and is. You're just telling your kids, just watch, you know, like just watch what God is is doing and they're going to have that testimony. It's incredibly hard to watch our kids go through a difficult time and yet your perspective, it's encouraging to me that we can see that with our kids that we tell them to wait and the miracle is coming. Yep. Well, and I think being in tune to your kids and what they need because um, one of my children, I ended up putting her into counseling as well because I said, I just want you to have someone else to talk to, Mm -hmm. to say the hard things that maybe you're afraid to say to me or that you feel like would hurt me. Or I just want you to have someone else Mm -hmm. to feel like you can say those hard things too. Mm -hmm. And that's been really good. I think. Yeah. And I think just that move, like to acknowledge that she, that she needs that, mm-hmm. that could be more validating to her than the actual counseling. Yeah. You know, just yeah. to know that she has the space for that. So is there anything else you wanted to share with our listeners today that we didn't already talk about? There's two things. I am learning a lot about what mourning and dancing means. In the last two years in walking through my sister's husband passing away and walking through that with her kids You can have joy when things suck Mm -hmm. and when circumstances are hard and you can have fun. And I don't think we ever need to feel guilty for enjoying ourselves or having fun or celebrating when there's death or when things are hard. Um, I remember having my nephew who's seven, his birthday party and his dad had gotten It was towards the end of his life and he was back there in the bedroom and he didn't come out and we had this birthday party in the dining room and it's okay. Yeah. You know, like we shouldn't, they can coexist and that's life. Mm -hmm. Like holding that in one hand and then, you know, like just all those, all those hard things, you can be joyful even when those hard things are going on. Mm -hmm. That's mourning and dancing. That's what that means. I, I just, I love that because you say it so, well, sometimes you hear it like you should be joyful, but instead what I hear from you is like a permission to be joyful and that is just great. It's, it's beautiful. I've realized the things that I'm capable of that I didn't realize I was capable of. (laughs) (laughs) I think that that verse, um, is it Paul that you're pressed on every side? Like I are, we are experiencing that and that with God, you really can do anything, mm-hmm. anything. 
I, I shared this story yesterday. So I lead worship at my church and I'm always trying to get people to whatever I'm going through, I'm trying to pass on to them and about being joyful and worshiping no matter what's going on and turning to that. And I said, I got a phone call this past week. Jude, the four-year-old goes to preschool four days a week. And they called and said, um, he's throwing up. And I was like, no, I, I don't, I don't want to come pick him up. Sure don't. But from the town I live in to the town that he goes to school in, there was time to listen to um, my favorite worship, new worship song two times. And so by the time I got there, I'm like, bring it. Come on. Why not? What were you listening to? Uh, it is, um, well, everything Maverick City, oh, 100% yeah. every time. And they put out a new song with a guy, don't know who he is because Maverick City is all I listen to. Yeah. Um, and it's called Firm Foundation. And, oh, the, yeah. and the phrase in it that I love is I've got joy and chaos and I've got peace that doesn't make sense. And I just feel like those are two phrases that I, I'm just like singing at the top of my lungs. So by the time I get to pick up the throw up kid, I am, I'm just like, okay, let's go. And we had his bed ready for him and I took him upstairs. He threw up a few times in that transition. You had a bowl in the car. Into the bowl, of yeah. course, because yeah. you come fully equipped. Yeah. Towel, bowl, yeah. you know. And so, yeah, it's just, okay, this is what we're doing today. And you just don't let those things overwhelm you. Right. How have you seen yourself grow in this situation? Or what have you learned? Joy. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I got to come back to it because it's true. It's not happiness. Yeah, but who expects that answer? <laughs> I, did not, I did not expect that answer. Joy and to like not. You, you've learned the skill of finding joy is what you're saying. The discipline of joy. Oh, okay. I yeah. Like that. Okay. And Kate, yeah. you don't like discipline, right? You don't like that word? Yeah, I know. I know. That makes me sound like a three-year-old. No, it doesn't. <laughs> the discipline of joy. I feel like that is what I have learned. So um, back in the fall, I think my husband and I just, we got so overwhelmed with the work of taking care of the day-to-day -day stuff yeah. um, that we lost the fun between the two of us. So we had to have a really hard talk and there was, I don't think I cried, surprisingly. I, I kept my wits about me and I didn't cry and I realized that the fun had had gone to the wayside. So then the next day after the kids went to bed, we played Scrabble. Oh, that's cute. And because I had just gotten done with an anatomy class, I had all kinds of good <laughs> medical words that he didn't know. Right. We've heard all about your life, but we've left out that you're in school. Yes. <sighs> yes. I am also a college student. Good job. Little. Approaching 40. <laughs> that's right. It's never too late. No, you're going to be is. 40 either way. Yeah, that's right. Um, I love taking classes. So I am actually only four classes away from getting my associate's degree. I've been doing it for three years, I think. Mm -hmm. I take one class at a time. My goal is to be a certified nurse midwife, but I have to become an RN first. And even though I could go to nursing school next fall, I've decided to put that on the back burner for now, unless God tells me otherwise, because I only get one shot with these kids. So mm -hmm. um, that's what sacrificial love is, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I am in abnormal psychology right now. Ooh, I love it. Mm, yeah. I feel like I could talk to you about things. Yeah. I may need a few more weeks and yeah. then I could talk okay. to you. Okay. So our last question is, what's exciting in life? I've thought a lot about this. Oh, you have? Because... Okay. <laughs> 
I heard it on the podcast. Yeah. And so I'm like, ooh, I really need to prepare for this. I have two answers. Yeah, that's that's fully acceptable. Um, board games. We learned a new one <laughs> called Ticket to Ride, and we really enjoy that game. Okay. Do you play that, Kate? No, but I just heard about it. Okay, it's fun. Okay, homeschoolers, I love you, and that's a very homeschooler answer. <sighs> board games are fun. That's exciting. That That is exciting. Okay, number two. Number two is sleep. I really <laughs> like going to bed at night. Oh, I identify with that. Yeah. <laughs> like, I just, like, crave laying down in my in my covers. And I will include in that um, naps. Oh, do you take naps? No, not very often. <laughs> Sunday afternoons are for napping. Uh-huh. And sometimes if I'm real tired in the afternoon, I will set a timer for 15 minutes and just lay down and close my eyes for 15 minutes. Okay. And that helps me. Yeah. Well, thanks for being on today. Thank you for having me. I think we should end the show with the lyrics you mentioned earlier, that there's joy in the chaos and peace that makes no sense. I just really hope that you feel that this week and that our friends listening feel it too after spending this time with you. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Love you. Love you.